Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used or just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. This is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast, and today I'm going to speak to Steve Mackey, head of Purse.io. Um, Steve, can you give us a brief overview of what Purse.io does and uh, seems to work with Amazon to get discounts? Yeah, first, yeah, um, first, first, first and foremost, um, uh, my title here at Purse is I'm the head of uh, business development and product content. Um, the, head, the head of Purse um, would be our CEO, Andrew Lee. Um, but essentially, uh, what I do at Purse.io, so Purse is a uh, an e-commerce marketplace. And so, in, in, in essence, it's just like your normal everyday e-commerce site, just like an eBay or an Amazon or a Dell.com, right? They have goods that you want to that you want to purchase and you go there with a credit card and you buy them, right? Mm. The only difference with purse is instead of coming to our marketplace and buying goods with say like a credit card or a debit card or something like that, um, you use Bitcoin. And the reason that you use Bitcoin on our site is it's not just so you can shop for goods online and to use a different form of currency to pay for them. It's much more to it than that. So the way Purse works is we are in the business of matching up buyers and sellers of goods, but you know we're also in the, uh, matching up what are called shoppers and earners. So shoppers are individuals that want to um, get goods off of uh, Purse.io for Bitcoin, and earners are individuals that are looking to earn Bitcoin by converting um, excess um, gift card balance. So they're individuals that have excess Amazon gift card balances that are that are illiquid. So say for instance, like Amazon Turk workers, mechanical Turk workers, that's a service that Amazon provides globally that allows um, individuals uh, either from like in low income countries or just individuals that just want like quick and easy jobs. And basically, they fill out surveys, they answer like questions and do small tasks that a robot wouldn't necessarily be able to do, but it needs like a human touch. And so they do those small tasks and they get rewarded in either Amazon gift credit or a U.S. dollar check mailed to them in the mail. Well, a U.S. dollar check being mailed in the mail from the U.S. from Amazon takes quite a lot of time. So what the majority of these individuals do is they have to get paid in Amazon gift credit. Hmm. Now, there is a whole global economy of like illiquid Amazon gift cards. Um, whether that's through like individuals that bought gift cards in bulk at like a discounted rate, or you know they either they've they've accrued them through like one of these Amazon related services. Like Amazon gift credit is almost like a liquid form of currency on the internet. Like Amazon is all over the world. It is. Yeah. So 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 what we do is you post uh, on purse what items you're trying to buy on our marketplace, and then these earners come through and they fulfill your orders. Now, what they do, and, and, and the cool thing about this is since they come through and they're fulfilling your order on this marketplace, and they, they can fulfill it anonymously, too, because um, we use we use like the Amazon um, wish list system. So essentially, like you build out a wish list, you post it on the marketplace, you list it at what discount you're, you're, wishing, you're hoping to buy the item at, okay. um, and you can name your discount anywhere between uh, 1 and 33%. And that feature is called name your discount. And then the earner goes through, sees your order in the order book, goes through, buys your items off of Amazon, 
confirms the purchase, gets a tracking number from Amazon, and gives you the tracking number. And once once all your items arrive at your home, and you know you you, you track it to your to your location, you confirm that the items have arrived. You come back to your purse account and you say, "Hey, I've got all my items from Amazon. We're good to go." From there, the the Bitcoin that you use to purchase your items initially, it, it was being held in an escrow, and that escrow confirms itself once you've confirmed that you've received your items, and then the earner can receive their Bitcoin. So what Purse has done is we've created a marketplace that allows you to spend Bitcoin and buy anything off of like the world's largest marketplace, which is Amazon, which there's an Amazon IP, Amazon CN, MX, CO.UK, they're all over the world, right? So you can access these goods anywhere. And you can buy and order goods with Bitcoin at a discount. So not only are you, you know, you get the added benefit of like using an alternative currency that you would want to use online, right. but you have the additional incentive of coming to our site and spending it and getting a discount every day of the week. And that is in an essence of how purse works. Are there, um, okay. So that's as a, as a buyer, are there any mm -hmm. items that um, are less likely to be bought for you or it doesn't matter the item? Yeah. So, so the way it works, so there's, so, so there's two sides, there's two sides to the purse. There's the name your discount and buy now, which are items that are going to be coming like directly from Amazon. So you can either receive an instant 5% discount if you're a U.S. customer with buy now. Uh, and just basically it's like the same as normal Amazon. Add it to your cart, check out, purchase. Right. Then there's the name your discount portion, which was what I just walked you through previously, which is where you create a wish list. You list a discount that you would like, post it to the marketplace, and then it gets fulfilled. And then the other part of that is we have what are called our purse merchants. So any individual just as if you were on eBay or Amazon, any individual can basically become a merchant on our site and just start selling goods for Bitcoin. So you, so you, you also see some listings from actual individuals and actual just normal shop owners. So we have individuals that sell things like, you know, uh, homegrown like honey from like bees and hand soaps and uh, you know, cool like collectible arts and crafts and you know, custom custom built like Bitcoin related hardware and things like that. It's really cool. So, uh, so in essence, like you can shop from merchants, you can shop at a discount from Amazon and get all the different items that you want. And you're only limited to, you know, what it is that you can get from Amazon or, or what's limited on our, our marketplace. Like we have some limits and rules on what you can sell in our marketplace. Like obviously you can't sell like drugs and weapons and things of that nature right. and some digital items, but, but otherwise you can get pretty much anything you want on our site. Hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. Well, we'll we'll we'll, um, we'll dig deeper into it in a minute. But um, going back to the buyer side, so <clears throat> so I have to use Bitcoin as a buyer to buy the Amazon products, or can I use regular cash? That's correct. You have to use Bitcoin. Now you you can you you can use your regular cash in order to purchase that Bitcoin. So we have we have integrations and partnerships with various different exchanges and companies that, that that make the onboarding process of getting into Bitcoin very easy. Like one of our key integrations is with Coinbase, and if you're familiar with Bitcoin, you probably have heard of Coinbase at some um, some point or another. But they allow you to just quickly create an account on there and add a credit or a debit card and just start start buying port like start buying Bitcoin right down there, and you can have it sent to your wallet. And so there, there's, there's that one initial barrier of acquiring acquiring Bitcoin, but the incentive there for acquiring Bitcoin is one, you get to like, you know, join a decentralized, distributed ecosystem, financial ecosystem. But also, 
once you have Bitcoin, you can do other cool things like use services like Press.io and you know fulfill purchases and do things you would normally do on a daily basis. But you have you can get additional value from it. So by like so by bringing so by buying Bitcoin and coming into the ecosystem, you get to join the ecosystem and take advantage of any of the cool new services that we built on top of. Is there is there a way to um to buy an item right away, or do you always have to wait until um? Yeah, exactly. so that so that's what I was referring to there earlier when I was talking about like our different types of um, features and products. So there's buy now, which is just as you described, you buy it right then. You just so you go to Perth.io, you say you do a search for paper towels, you need paper towels, add it to your cart, click checkout, it takes the Bitcoin from your wallet, your you know the order processes send you a tracking number, bam, your order's on, on its way. And then, and then that's an instant 5% discount on anything you want to purchase from Amazon.com, as, as long as you have a U.S.-based address. Anything that is on Amazon.com is instantly 5% cheaper as long as you're spending Bitcoin. And then on the other hand, you can use the name your discount, which is where you can qualify and name the discount that you want to receive, and then you basically you're posting your order to a marketplace order book, and you're waiting for someone to come through and pick that up. And the average pickup time for an order is usually between like one or two days, uh, depending on like what your given percentage is. So yeah, it's usually very quickly to get your orders picked up and fulfilled. Are there any items that uh, people have trouble buying because either they ask for too much discount or there's some other reason? Um, no, I mean, no. okay. So the, the, like, there's like, there's like a few caveats. So like the website, right? So like, as, so there, there's some economics to our marketplace. So say for instance, you, you want to name your discount, right? And you want to buy like, you want to buy like a, a brand new PlayStation. You want to buy your kids a PlayStation for, uh, for the holidays, right? And you say, Hey, first lets me get up to a 33% discount. Like I can name my discount all the way up here. Right? Well, depending on like where I am and like what, where I am geographically and what other orders are in the order book and what other options are out there for earners. If I'm trying to buy a $400 item at a 30% discount, but someone else is trying to buy a $400 at a $400 item at a 20% discount. I'm going to take that 20% discount one. Cause I'm poised to make 10% more money. Right? Right. So like you, 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 you want to strategically place your orders depending on like, you know, what's currently available. So you, you see a bunch of orders being picked up at, 20, 20%, 25%, et cetera, then you know it's good to place your um, discount rate on e- even higher. And we assist you too. So we have like basically this um, this slider where like you're basically, as you're like, you're sliding, it tells you like how much time it'll take for your order to fulfill and, and, and the, like the percentage, like possibility uh, of that order being fulfilled. So we assist you along the way. So you're not just like blindly like making a decision on how you want to place orders. We're gonna we're gonna guide you and give you information to make sure you make the best decision. So yeah, I would think the lower the discount you ask for, the faster your orders are gonna be filled. Exactly. exactly. So if you're like, hey, I, I always want to save ten percent of my orders, right? I love the your discount. I love price. Then, you know, I always place my orders at like 10% discount. They get scooped up in just a couple of hours. My items are on the way. I have a 10% discount on whatever I buy. Now I can opt back and push that up to like, you know, 15%, 20%, and then just like wait like a day or so. But I mean, my order is still going to go through. Now, like, you know, like there are some caveats to that too. Like it depends on like what you're ordering too. So like if you're ordering an item and there's like very low stock. So say there's like, you know, you go to the Amazon page and it says there's, no, there's only like one item worth of stock. When that earner goes to buy the item, it might be sold out. So that might that might mean that you know your order is uh, it gets delayed, or you know it, it can never be fulfilled until that um, that merchant on Amazon refills that item. Mm. 
Or, for instance, if they say, like, the item's out of stock and it won't be available till like, December 10th or December 12th or something, like, you know, 10, 15 days out. Um, but you still added the item to your wish list. Like, your, your order can't be fulfilled until that item is refilled back on Amazon. Right. So you just, you just want to be aware and you want to be cognizant of the types of items that you're buying. As long as they're available and they're in stock and they ship that day, you should have no problems placing an order on a wish list or on buy now and getting it immediately. How does uh, Amazon feel about this? Or they don't really have a say? Well, I, mean, if, I mean, if you think about it here, like we constantly bring business to Amazon and Amazon doesn't lose any money. Amazon isn't losing any money here. We're, con- we're bringing them new business. So, you know, by, by taking advantage of like gift card arbitrage and being able to give people the ability to take an illiquid form of um, currency or value like Amazon gift card and, and, and convert it to a more liquid form like Bitcoin so people can pay their rent, you know, buy food, et cetera, like all that. Like, that, is, that, is, that is a great service. So even if, even if Amazon was like one day we're like, you know what, process all this notoriety, people love Purse. They're, they're, you know, we're going to start accepting Bitcoin on Amazon. Great. You can start accepting Bitcoin on Amazon, but who's getting a discount? No one's getting a discount. Right, yeah. so they can say, oh, you can accept Bitcoin on Amazon and we'll give you an instant 3% discount. Or two. Like, what, Amazon, could Amazon do that? Sure. Would they do that because they're eating to their margins? More than likely, probably not. And at the end of the day, we still exist and we, we're, we're still going to be there for people that are going to want to get more for their money and for their gift cards too. So if, so if Amazon's always giving you 3% and Purse can always give you 5%, 10%, 15%, the economics of it, you're always going to want to come to the side that you, right. you, you're going to, you know, poise to get the most out of. I would think that's happened to max liquidity. You guys would want to hook up with every kind of gift card out there, like Starbucks and other stuff too eventually, right? Well, see, see the, way, the reason that we currently work with Amazon and why we're currently only working with Amazon and then we have our merchant services. So, like, between Amazon and, you know, the 250 million X-plus SKUs that exist on Amazon mm. and our merchant services, you know, where they sell, like, their own unique items, like, you know, we have a pretty robust marketplace. Just pretty, you can get pretty much anything. And with that, because Amazon has that cool wish list service that allows you to, like, create a wish list that you can share with other people and then they can go through and purchase the items on it. That wish list, like processing, that portion of that is important too because that allows it, you to be able to like basically create items and to add it to our order booking system. Gotcha. Okay. So you guys feel like there's enough liquidity, you don't need to go to other gift cards yet? Yeah, no, yeah, no. We're, we're, we're good right now, which is what is what as far as it comes to as um, Amazon. And, you know, we have plans to, you know, continue to, you know, build out our different services to expand by now, to scale that appropriately, to, um, to, do, to do a lot of different things when it comes to Bitcoin and escrows. Um, so, you know, it's not just going to be just, just shopping forever. You know, first, first plans to expand to be more, more, more of a service. So, so like, right now, uh, you know, we, we built out our full node wallet implementation, um, which is called Bitcoin which is what we use, um, which we were talking about prior to the beginning of this conversation. We were talking about wallet databases and stuff. Mm-hmm. So Purse's wallet database is one that we've built ourselves, uh, and we've been building that in-house. And so we've built this really cure, um, very robust um, back-end infrastructure for our system. And now what we're doing is, you know, it allows customers to store their funds securely on our service. So, you know, it's just like having a wallet on Coinbase or Circle, except the only difference is once you transfer funds to our wallet, not only can you just, you know, deposit or withdraw them, you know, spend them on other Bitcoin services, but you can also spend them on Purse. 
like you can start shopping from your wallet. You can have all your money in one place and like have access to, you know, to, to spend it in various different forms. And that, there's a lot of power there. Yeah, so, you know, to, to position, to position purse as like a go-to wallet option in the future, you know, as a service for e-commerce and so much more. So we, you know, we have a lot of plans in mind to keep running use cases for Bitcoin that people love. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Um, in terms of liquidity or number of transactions, can you say the volume that goes through purse? On oh, yeah, most definitely. Yeah, most definitely. Like, you know, recently, uh, Right now we're looking at, we have like over about 150,000, 160,000 uh, users, probably process about between five and 10,000 orders a month. Like it varies depending on like the season and time of year, you know, because it, you know, cause it could be slower historically in summertime, um, um, more so in, you know, like the peak holiday season right now. Um, you probably process. Uh, I could even be lowballing us here at the moment off the top of my head, but probably process between like a million and a half, two million dollars plus uh, in orders a month. Um, wow. so yeah, so it's 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 pretty substantial, you know, and and, and it continues to grow. And as the Bitcoin ecosystem continues to grow, and as more and more people discover these cool use cases and sort of the flexibility of um, this financial ecosystem, uh, I definitely think that the pace of adoption will speed up very much. So. Well, how long has Purse been around, and what's been the ramp volume-wise or user-base-wise? Yeah, um, so Purse has been around, um, started in like 2014. Uh, it was started by um, Andrew Lee, uh, our CEO, and a co-founder at the time, um, Kent Liu. And uh, they started, they started a, a, a plug-and-play. They were like going through like an accelerator, and like you know, they've been in the Bitcoin space for a while. And when they originally came into the Bitcoin space, they, you know, they, they didn't they didn't quite they didn't quite know what they were going to do, but they knew that they wanted to create use cases that people were going to actually use and that they were going to like love and, and utilize to actually like bring value to Bitcoin. So for, for day one, it's literally just been let's find out a way for people to be able to spend money. And when, you know, I think it was kind of an open stance that they discovered like how much liquidity actually existed in the Amazon space. And it was like, oh, we're providing the service. But like, wow, we're really providing a service for people that, that should have been there all along. And, you know, and, and once that realization came, it was just a matter of like fine tuning the product to be as useful as it could be. That's amazing. Okay. What do you think is going to happen over the next year with Purse? What, what are you seeing as the growth rate? Uh, the growth rate for Purse, you know, we just passed like 150,000, 160,000 users. You know, we'd like to see our user base like continue to grow. And I'd love, I'd love to see us grow like another 100%, 200% to, you know, another like 250,000, 300,000, 500,000 plus users. Um, but, you know, we'll see how that goes. You know, we have... Uh, you know, with the with the launch of our our our, um, our mobile app, we just we just recently launched on last week uh, iOS app, and we have an upcoming Android app, which will follow hopefully um, before the end of this year too. Uh, we're working on some some new products and services that are like centrated around like escrow services that will that we hope to like will continue to expand the use cases of uh, Bitcoin in various different mediums. Um, so we think it'll be a entirely different ecosystem this time next year. I think I think I think adoption will have finally hit a a good steady pace, and you know the mainstream mentions will continue to come, and those mainstream use cases will continue to um, you know build out and continue to improve like Perth. 
and uh, I think uh, I think it'll be hard pressed to find anyone who hasn't heard of Bitcoin uh, a year from now. Are you sticking with Bitcoin, or are you going to go to Ether or other uh, cryptocurrencies? We, we, well, right now, we're strictly Bitcoin. Like we, we accept all other forms of digital currency, like digital assets, so Ether, Monero, Zcash. It, if it's supported by Shapeshift currently, like we have Shapeshift natively integrated into our site, nice. um, so you can actually convert your convert your funds at the time of purchase at checkout, or you can convert your funds and then have it converted into Bitcoin into your wallet and just like top up your wallet that way. So you can use any form of digital currency and spend it on purse. Wow, okay, that's great. Yeah, so, so we're trying to provide ultimate flexibility here. So we don't care what community you come from, if you've got a digital asset and you wanna, and you wanna purchase items and you wanna like help provide liquidity for people, then by all means do it. And you know, maybe I didn't understand, but so how does, um, how does purse make money? Where's the spread for purse? Yeah, of course. So uh, for purse, when shoppers uh, when sh- shoppers make their purchases, we take, you know, there's a there's a small fee that we take with every purchase. Like depending on depending upon how large of a discount you receive, sort of like sort of like scales linearly. Right. So um, you know, like you get like a ten percent order. Um, and I've had to look up the fees off the top of my head. I can't really remember what those all are. But like say for instance, like you know, you buy you buy like a uh, you get like a 10% order and then, you know, purse takes like a, like a 5% fee or something like that. Uh, excuse me, like a 0.5% fee mm-hmm. or a 1.9% fee. So, like, you know, we, we take a little bit um, off the, off the top uh, and like the shopper doesn't even like realize it. they get a discount on top of the order and we make a little bit of money off of like taking a little bit away from that discount. Yes. Mm-hmm. What about the, um, the purse merchants? So, you're going to be the, um, the bazaar essentially that holds the merchants or? Yeah so, yeah, so essentially, like, the merchants can come to our site, they can make their listing, they can make their account, you know, set up their storefront accordingly, and we don't take any fees, we don't, we don't charge any merchant fees for, um, for our merchants. So you can come, you can list your book for $5 in Bitcoin and sell it for $5 in Bitcoin and receive $5 in Bitcoin. Um, and, and that's, and so, yeah, so you can, you can easily, you can start a storefront and start accepting Bitcoin payments, and anyone can literally start a Bitcoin storefront in just a couple of minutes on purse. And not have to worry about getting any sort of fees taken or anything like that, and have a marketplace for people to go to and for people to buy your goods. And our, our, our merchant, our merchant marketplace is, is relatively is one of our relatively more newer products. Um, so we're doing a lot of um, uh, improvements to that side as well, which are going to be coming over the next couple of months, which we hope will continue to drive more and more merchants to our platform to to list their products. Like we already have like some pretty pretty cool um, merchants on board like like folks at um, like Ledger uh, and a treasure they sell their goods on our site uh, and BTCC you know they started selling their make Bitcoin go again hat on our site which has done really well um, people love that hat uh, so, so you know it, 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 it's a great place for, for Bitcoin brands uh, to come in and to you know the, to debut themselves to and help to get um, help to get more consumers who are interested in Bitcoin looking at their particular product. Right. So, have you noticed any buying patterns or buying behavior that surprises you? The types of things bought, how often people buy, anything like that? Because you're kind of close to. You know, oh, yeah. oh, Amazon yeah. essentially from the inside somewhat. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, yeah. It's great. So yeah, I think 
And if you can't say, I understand, but whatever. You no, say, no, no. I'm trying to think. I mean, okay. So the types of items that are bought on first are it's, it's pretty interesting. And this this doesn't like trample over anyone's like privacy because it doesn't talk about any particular type of user. You know, we have over 150,000 users. But you know, the types of goods that are bought on purse are, are things like um, college textbooks, right? So, like, those are normally, like, very, like, high-priced, like, hefty items that are, like, three or $400 at a time. Yeah. But if you can take 15 to 20% of those every semester, like, that's great. So, college te- textbooks are huge. End of the world survival apocalypse, like, gear, like, gas masks and, like, food rations and gas lamps and camping gear and tents and those sorts of things where those like sort of like anarchy, like libertarian people, pepper, you know, pepper type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pepper type, pepper type stuff. Lots, lots of that stuff. And so lots of, um, lots of electronics, lots and lots of consumer electronics, like at least, you know, 20 or 30 orders for like Amazon Kindles and, you know, um, like uh, PS4 games and, you know, uh, video game consoles and things like that. Like everything like on it, like, very good, like headphones, like if it's like a, a premium item that's normally between like 100 and like $300, it makes sense to just quickly come to purse and, you know, buy that and save like 20, 20%. So lots, lots of consumer electronic goods too. So, um, so lots of big ticket items, like most items are usually under a thousand dollars, but then you have individuals, um, like gold mugs, they'll come onto our site and they'll, um, they'll buy gold either from like our merchants. Um, or from or from like Amazon itself, then like buy like particular types of gold coins, and then like buy them at like you know a seventeen percent, twenty percent discount, and then go back to a localized gold seller, and you know sell them up, sell them at a at a markup. We have we have one gentleman who's like one of our top um, one of our top earners on our site, and you know he's an engineer by day, he's a very intelligent man, you know he's he, he's he's paid well. But he makes a six-figure income buying and reselling gold on purse, too. So he's made over $100,000 last year just buying and reselling gold on purse in his spare time when he's not at work. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Like, we have, like, a lot of times we'll come and we'll interview some of our top earners and some of our top users on our site. And, like, if they're in San Francisco, um, you know, or they're coming towards the city, we'll buy them by the office. We come in, you know, pick their brains, figure out, you know, more ways that we can improve our platform for our users. And the, our top earners, you know, they, they usually, like, you know, our, our uh, uh, pro purse users, I guess would be a way to call them. They always have, they always have a lot of good insights on, on how to make this service better for our users. Cause because they see the pains and uh, the pain points, you know, day in and day out. So, you know, very close conversations with them to ensure that we continue to build a product that they love. Well, that's good that you guys listen to them. A lot of companies, I don't, I think, do the opposite and uh, try to push away people like that or feel like they're abusing the system. And so that's, that's good that you, you take the opposite tact, you know, you learn from them. Well, you, you, have to, you have to kind of do that in the Bitcoin space, right? Because, you know, historically, one of the things that people complain about the most is the speed of, like, adoption. And so, you know, one of the one of the major deterrents, in my personal opinion, when it comes to adoption for Bitcoin is the fact that there's been, like, a very, very strong focus on technicals and, you know, getting out developments and scaling the technology. But at the same time, you know, we want the price to go up. We want more people to use it, and we want cool use cases. So in order for us to have those things, like, we actually have to be talking to the customers and the people that are interested in using this technology and figuring out ways that it works for them in ways that it isn't working for them. So we can make sure that we're, we're adjusting and we're actually building for people. We're not just building nerdy, techie things that we think are cool. Right, right. Um, 
was going to ask you, you know, in general, I want to ask you about what you think the future of Bitcoin will be and will it be adopted in any, any uh, stumbling blocks or um, deal killers that are in its way? Yeah, so, I mean, the only, the only sort of stumbling block that's currently in Bitcoin's way is, just, is, is scalability. So, like, but there's a lot of very, 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 very intelligent people currently working on various different ways to, to scale Bitcoin and its payments technology and sort of, like, as a payments rail. I see, I see Bitcoin going forward as just that, as us continuing to scale it accordingly to be, like, a payment system, to be, like, a, a trust-related anchor for people to publicly access to either prove for the prove the existence of documents, prove the you know you can use you can use the Bitcoin blockchain for whatever it is you want, right. and and that's great. But but the future of Bitcoin and its ultimate acceptance and adoption comes from uh, collaboration. Will excuse me, will come from collaboration and interoperability with other other types of blockchain based technology. So for instance. Ethereum and Zcash, right? So, like, each of these different types of blockchains, they have their own particular, like, novel uses. So, with Ethereum, you have the capability to do more dynamic smart contracting and things of that nature. And with Zcash, there's a heavy um, focus on uh, encryption and zero knowledge and basically privacy. So you'll have you'll have really cool applications and infrastructure built on top of Zcash, which takes advantage of zero knowledge. You'll have cool smart contracts that are interact with those zero knowledge platforms that are, that are on a smart contract on Ethereum, and you'll get some money that'll come from the Bitcoin blockchain, which will pay for like these different services or something like that through some other Bitcoin related rail or some sort of like relay. So the future is like all of these major blockchains talking to each other, so that we can create the next. I guess future ecosystem of financial services because it's going to be we're not just going to have one blockchain that's doing everything. We're going to have multiple major blockchains doing a bunch of major important things working together, and in essence, that that hardens the decentralization of the ecosystem and it makes us you know less susceptible to ever to, you know ever being shut down or ever being censored if you know. We're never always dependent on one blockchain. They're all working intercollaboratively. Do you ever think that it's going to take adoption by big banks and you know major financial institutions with their own blockchains for Bitcoin mm-hmm. to be able to continue or become widespread? Or do you think they'll try to edge it out? Or... Well, like, well, Bitcoin Bitcoin is going to continue to grow regardless. Like if banks disappear tomorrow for whatever odd reason, Bitcoin will con- Bitcoin will continue will continue to grow. At a, at, a, at a slow and steady pace, but if Bitcoin, if, if banks were to embrace Bitcoin, which they slowly, they slowly have been, so like historically it was like, no, 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 Bitcoin is dumb, and then it became, no, 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 Bitcoin, Bitcoin is dumb, and now blockchain is cool, and now it's slowly becoming, okay, no, 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 we were dumb, it wasn't Bitcoin that was dumb, it was blockchain that was dumb, and now we have to use all these public-facing chains like Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Zcash. So now, so 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 when you had the, there was a recently a very large consortium called like R3, which was like a lot of the major U.S. banks like Morgan Stanley and Santander and those sorts of folks, and they were working collaboratively on different blockchain-based technologies that they would want to open source and then use uh, in order to, as the rails for like their new financial ecosystem. Now, that consortium of banks basically learned working together that they were building a bunch of like vaporware. And they ultimately had disbanded, and then they open sourced all the stuff that they were working on. 
eventually the, the banks stop working together because banks can't trust each other. But what, what banks can trust, if they can't trust each other, are public blockchains and public blockchain services. So, like, so banks ultimately are, are going to be make, are making moves now to Zcash, Ethereum, and Bitcoin because they realize you can't just take a blockchain. You have to have a token. And so, so what they're ultimately going to do is they're going to have different POCs, you know, proof of concepts that are going to be built on top of Zcash. They'll have some built on top of Ethereum. They'll have some built on top of Bitcoin. And eventually, they're going to pick a couple of those, and they're and, and they're going to use those, and that's going to be the new standard. And but it's just going to take a little bit more time. And I think I think that's about another year and a half, about another another year and a half away before we like we really see that coming into fruition. Uh, and and it just started now with everyone sort of like falling off the blockchain bandwagon, and now they're falling back over to the actual digital currency. <laughs> when do you think the day will come where I can walk into Starbucks or? any regular place and more often than not though except Bitcoin. Well see what you what, depend, depending on how you depending on depending on some factors you can actually already do that. Um so for instance, I have what's called like a shift payments card. So um shiftpayments.com is the site and the company is called Shift. And they essentially they give you a credit debit card that attaches to your Coinbase account. And then you choose on Coinbase what wallet a value that you want that card to extract from. So for me, I have it from my Bitcoin wallet. So I get paid, I get paid every two weeks in Bitcoin to my wallet and I have a Visa debit card attached to my Coinbase. So whenever I need to pay rent, you know, over Venmo or if I need to go to the store, buy some groceries or I need to go like, you know, pay a bill. All I do is give them my credit or debit card number and, you know, expiration date, just like I would anyone else. And then what it does is it instantly takes that, that amount of value at the time of purchase and then converts it into USD and uses that for the payment. So an example would be I'm at Starbucks. I just bought a Frappuccino. Total comes out to $4.50. I swipe my shift card. It immediately takes out $4.50 worth of Bitcoin from my wallet, sells it, and then that completes the purchase. Wow. So I can already do that. Right, I have been doing that for the past eight or nine months ever since I've started at my current job at first. So I can do that with Ether and Bitcoin and any other future store of value that Coinbase brings onto the platform. And there's a few other companies out there that already do this too. Pay has a card just like this. Zappo has a card like this. Um, there's a few other Bitcoin companies. And so yes, you can already use Bitcoin anywhere that Visa and and Uphold just released a Mastercard version of the same thing. And you can actually like send Bitcoin or Ether to an Uphold address, and it'll convert it into a digital credit card, a digital Mastercard. So like, so you can you can already all the things you're already talking about is already there. It's just a matter of like making those you the, the user experience just so dead simple, fun, and easy that more and more people are adopting it. And once we have a couple of network effects on those services, you'll see a big explosion in usage. Wow. Now that you've been um, living on Bitcoin, have you noticed anything that surprised you or anything unusual about it, or it's just? Like anyone else. It's, 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 it, okay, so I have only one gripe when it comes to like living on Bitcoin stuff. So you know, with Bitcoin stuff, you can find a Bitcoin ATM if you need cash, and you have your you have like your shift payment cards, like I was talking about. That I can go to an ATM. I can say I need forty dollars. It takes out forty dollars in Bitcoin, and they get forty dollars in cash, right? I can use I can literally use it as as the same way I use my Bank of America card for twenty years. Right. You know, nothing changed. The only gripe is. So these cards, they don't come with routing numbers. 
So if you have a traditional like credit card service or something like that, so you have like an American Express card or a Capital One or some sort of like automated monthly payment, something that requires a routing number, you're not able to make payments with a Bitcoin credit or debit card because even though it's a, you know, it's a credit debit card with, you know, numbers and an account, it doesn't have a routing number. So they can't do like, you know, like ACH transfers and things like that. So, so it kind of makes them mad. So when it comes to like making credit card payments, sometimes you have to call and make them over the phone. Um, And like, and that's my only gripe. Really? Um, uh, but otherwise, you can literally use it for anything else. Like, I've never had, like, here's, here's the other cool thing. Like, the second you swipe on a shift card, right, the, the payment is final. It's done, right? It extracts the Bitcoin and, and it pays it. So, you get a notification on your phone the second you make that payment. So, if I'm at a place and, like, somebody swipes my card twice, I can see immediately, like, the payment and the money that's going through. Right. I, can travel to, I can travel to a different country and go to any ATM, any restaurant, anywhere, and pay money and not pay an additional tax or tariff because I'm not spending USD. So if I'm like a Latin American citizen that lives in like, you know, Brazil or Venezuela or something, and like, you know, I go down and I'm traveling with family or I go whatever, and I bring like my money I have in Bitcoin or any other digital asset, I can spend it and not get tax additional funds on top of that. So like there's this, and I can bring that card all over the world and use it at an ATM in Japan, at an ATM in Shanghai, at an ATM in London, and it'll work. And you don't have any barriers. You don't have to call your credit card company and say, I'm traveling to Greece today. I'm traveling to South Africa today. I'm going to be all over all these places. You don't have to do any of that. It, it just works. And that's a really cool thing is like when you take Bitcoin and you combine it with banks, this really weird thing happens. Like you get you get the, some really good parts of Bitcoin and you get some really good parts of banks, but then you get some shitty parts of Bitcoin and then you get some shitty parts of banks. But ultimately, combined together, it's it's it's, it's pretty damn useful. Have you have you um, had a chance to personally travel and use your card in other countries? Oh, not not in other countries. Another another one of my friends has recently and was over. Uh, was over in like Milan and they were over um, for the scaling Bitcoin conference and they had absolutely no issues spending all their funds and stuff there. I've gone from different States, you know, all, all around the, you know, the country and like I've used my card and stuff like that. And I've not had any issues with them. Like, you know, de- de- denying a payment and have to call the bank on the back and say, yeah, this is yeah. Spending $20, you know, yeah. don't have to do any of that. Um, so I would only imagine just, just as my friends going to a different country, it'd also be no, no issue just as they had. It's Last question I wanted to ask. This goes back. This goes back to merchants. Um, mm-hmm. Is Purse.io going to have an affiliate program? We are. We. I'm glad you asked that. We actually already have an affiliate program. So we have. So there's there's, there's two types. Of, there's two types of ways you can earn Bitcoin uh, on Purse as a user. So you can you can refer a friend, which um, you can see that from your account page. Once you make an account, there's a little refer a friend button. And you can click that. And essentially, if you refer a friend, just like, you know, like Uber or Lyft or any of those other cool services that, you know, invite you to invite your friend, um, you'll get, you, you get a bonus. So if you invite a friend and they spend $50 on purse and they buy something, we, we give each of you 0.01 Bitcoin, which is about, which is about $7, $10, something like that right now, somewhere around there, which is pretty nice. Right. But then we have, we have, uh, but you know, if you're a business or like an uh, uh, business owner, or like you, you know, you have a website, a blog, uh, uh, you have a podcast, you know, someone like yourself, right? Um, we have a we have a, like an affiliate revenue sharing program. So if you go to press.io/affiliate, 
It gives you all the information there. But essentially, the way it works is we generate you a you know cool affiliate code. Say like uh, for you, like we would name your promo code like Future Tech. Right. And then you would get a special referral link um, to sign up for Purse. And any users that sign up for Purse via like our affiliate like revenue sharing program, you'll get 25% of any fees that we take from that shopper for the lifetime of that shopper's account. So if you get 200 people to come to Purse and they sign up and make an account and they're making purchases every day, you're getting 25% of the fees that we incur on that customer for, for the lifetime of that account. So you can passively make money forever. So we've got some pretty good, um, like, uh, affiliate partners right now, um, with, like, blockchain.com, uh, uh, a few other ones, uh, the Bitcoin podcast is another one, uh, Bitso, uh, UnoCoin, um, you know, lots of, lots of, like, very large companies. And so, you know, we work together to, because we can bring more people to discover cool Bitcoin, you know, use cases, and you can get paid at the same time. It's a win-win. That's great. Well, yeah, I really appreciate your time. This, is, this has been a great interview. Very easy to understand yeah, and wide-ranging. And, uh, yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Yeah, man. I, I, I enjoy coming on, like, different shows and different podcasts and, you know, people that might have, like, different, uh, you know, varying knowledge bases when it comes to Bitcoin. I, you know, just, just try and sell it and uh, tell the truth and get people interested. Good. You have been listening to Almost Here. Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post to review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.